Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. There's an expression that says, people don't care what we know until they know that we care. People don't care what we know until they know that we care. And there, I've discovered there are some barriers that we people have placed up in not stirring up or initiating other relationships. We're kind of, if we're not careful, we are going introvert. We're, we're turning inward during these days, particularly during these days. I think it's accentuated during these days. And I find that there's four barriers. Uh, there's the barrier. Sometimes we believe that the barrier of the immoral behavior. In other words, uh, we can't befriend other people because, well, those people aren't maybe Christians or they're not the kind of Christians you would like to be befriending. Or maybe they've got some standards that you disagree with. And so they're immoral behavior. So therefore, you do not befriend them. You do not connect. Another barrier is trust. Well, you don't share the same values. And so you don't think you can trust. And so you don't take the initiative to nurture some relationships. Another barrier is, well, we've got different interests. We don't share the same interests. And, well, the problem with that is, is, you know, what music and hobbies and recreation and all the things. And, and the problem with that is, is if you only ever associate with people who are identical to you, well, come on, admit it. It'll be kind of boring. And the fourth barrier, we often say, well, the issue is temptation. You know, if, if we hang out, if we spend time, I'm afraid I'm going to take on their bad habits. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he talks about this. As a matter of fact, he, with this in mind, writes to address the issue of when we don't think because there's good reason we should not be developing relationships, connection points. So on Wednesday night, that's really, that's my uh, feed for Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to be talking 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 9. Paul talks about relationships. But today I want to kind of go about this differently, and I'm going to go to Romans chapter 16. And so if you're there, uh, I'm going to put this up, and if you have your Bibles, by all means, read together with me. But I'm going to begin at verse 1. You don't have to read out loud, because probably many of you wouldn't. And it's kind of a tough passage. Normally I give this passage, if we're reading in our staff, I give it to one of my staff members. So I got to actually work my way through it today, but follow with me. Romans 16, verse 1. I commend to you, Paul is writing this, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus, Junius, my relatives, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet 
Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. Greet Apollos, tested and proved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet the household of Narcissus, who was in the Lord. Greet Trophina and Trophosa, those women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my friend Paris's, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been mother to me too. Greet Astrochitus, Philion, Hermeneus, Patrobus, Hermanus, and the brothers with them. Greet Philogagus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, Olympus, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. Oh, now don't think for a moment I'm not glad I'm through that list. Today I want to talk about building bridges through relationships. And just as one builds a bridge, you have to recognize how we are rooted together through relationships. Lists. We just went through a pretty horrendous list. Lists are like roll calls. Like if you go to the New Testament and you begin to read the genealogies in the King James Version, they would say something like, well, Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob. And then they would go and Obed begat Jesse and Jesse begat David. I remember as a kid going, what does beget mean? And David begat Solomon and Solomon begat Jeroboam and, and on it goes, all the begets. It's a list. Now, come on, be honest. How many times when you're reading through and you come to that particular part of the scripture, you look at that scripture and you go, I'm skipping it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can't pronounce the names. And so I'm just going to jump because the good stuff's right after the list. Lists. Aren't lists just a recipe for boredom? I remember back when I was in school, grade school, and we had what they call the roll call. Any of you remember that? And so they gave the roll call. There was 30-some people in our class, and they would go down through the list. And we weren't to say here. We had to say present and say it loud enough. And they would do the list. And it was like, oh, okay, there's a minute we're going to waste. And, you know, if somebody was missing from class, then it took them time to write their name down. And lists, lists are recipes for boredom. Not exciting. We jump over lists. So here we are, the book of Romans. It's the very last chapter. And it contains names of many people, people who are in Rome, people who are in the place where Paul is writing from. He's actually writing from Corinth to Rome. And there's some other people that he is just making mention of here. There's 33 names, I counted, 33 names in all. 24 of the names are people in Rome. Nine are people in Corinth, and two are unnamed women, and there's an unspecified number of unnamed men. It's just a list, right? But I want to suggest here this list, I'm believing in the next 30 minutes that you're going to discover this list is the farthest thing from boring. As a matter of fact, 
this list is filled with interest. This chapter, I'm going to suggest, is probably one of the most interesting chapters there is in all of the New Testament. Yes, with all 33 names. It was a number of years ago, Lori and I were at a conference. It was with our denomination and every two years, they have a district conference, then the assistant superintendent gets up at a strategic point, and he begins to list off a number of names. I remember early into this, I was curious about these names because he would say a name, first and last name of someone, the name would go up on a PowerPoint, and then he would pause. It would be about five seconds per name, and there was a lot of names. And then I discovered that he's actually listing off those who have passed away and have gone to be with the Lord, who were credentialed with our fellowship. Now, I kind of have, I have to admit, I kind of, well, settled back in my chair a little bit. I thought, well, goodness, I'm not terribly enthusiastic about this part of the service. I came here to be built up. And this is kind of like, quite frankly, it's morbid. So they began to list the names. I kind of leaned back and chilled out. And then a name came up, and I sat up. I knew that name. Well, that name was the wife of a pastor. It used to be one of my pastors. I knew her. A little bit later, another name came up, and I knew that name, too. That was one of my professors at the Bible college. It was the professor who took a special interest in me. He took me off aside and let me know that he was praying for me every day, and he was believing God for my life, and he knew a bit of my family, and he meant a lot to me, this guy. And he had passed away. Now, it's not just a name anymore. And there was another name came up, and, and I did a wedding with that person. The two of us, we, could, we officiated a wedding. That was another name. And another name came up, and it was one of my colleagues. That was their mother. Name came up. Another name came up, and it was a colleague that served in a neighboring church for many years and, and had given me a number of their books because they had retired, and they were dumping their library onto me. And I was thankful because I didn't have many. All of a sudden, a list turned into memories lane for me. That list became meaningful to me because now just not names, they were memories. They were people. They were people who my life was, whether I knew it prior or not, that was indelibly connected with those people right there, the list. And now I was in a waft of memories thinking about them. Romans chapter 16. That's Romans 16. It's not a list. It's not just a bunch of names that are really, really hard to get your tongue around. Didn't you sense when we read through that list? Read it again. When you read through it again, you sense feeling from Paul. He's not just listing names. You get a picture he's walking down memory lane. You get a picture that as he names a name, it's exposing a raw nerve. It's exposing roots of relationships, of people who were anything but ordinary. These people were still alive. These were not the has-beens. These were people who were still alive, and Paul was writing to them and listing them by name. And actually, you go through the names. It's not what you expect. I mean, there's no big first-century preachers here. There's no big evangelist in that list. Look at it. There's no big pastor name in that list. There's no general superintendent James in that list. That's who was superintendent. He wasn't there. There was no big names of any of the 12 apostles. Apollos isn't mentioned. Barnabas isn't mentioned. He's the son of encouragement. 
There's no Silas, no Cephas. As a matter of fact, you go through the list, they're all unknown names to all of us. I mean, you got somebody like Rufus. Just go ahead and say that name, Rufus. I just like saying it. I kind of I feel like I'm barking when I'm saying it, Rufus. And his mother. And there's a layman and his wife, Aquila, Priscilla. And there's a brother, Nerissus, and his sister. There's just old Epidus, a single lady by the name of Mary. Sisters, they may be twin sisters, the way they name them. There's Trophina and there's Trophosa. Maybe they're twins. No big list. No big name. We didn't know about them. But in Paul's heart, they're huge. They're big to Paul. I mean, these people pulled him out of situations time and time again. These people were there for him. These people came alongside and encouraged him when he needed it the most. These people were his heroes in life. So ask Paul, Paul, is this just a list to you? No way. These are heroes of the faith. These are people he has built a bridge with. These are people he's rooted together in relationship. They mean everything to Paul. They've pulled him through so many times. So to Paul, no, no, this is not a list. This, an honor roll, maybe. These people helped shape Paul to be the great man he is. And now, all he wants to do is see them. He's longing to, you see them in this list. He longs to be with them. If we slide back one chapter, Romans 15, verse 31, Paul says, pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy that together we be refreshed. Note what Paul says. He says, I wish I could go to you instead of Jerusalem. I really do. And I pray. And you pray for me, and I pray one day we'll be together again. So Paul, to Paul, these names are people who he could count on for prayer. They stood with him in prayer. They served life together. We're in a series right here at Cornerstone, doing life together. And we got to talk about lists like this, because these are the lists that matter to us. They're not just names. And if I don't invest in somebody's life and they don't and allow them to invest in my life, actively getting involved, serving together, shoulder to shoulder, making a difference, it doesn't matter if they're a big name. What matters is, am I faithful in service? And have I built the bridges to do this or not? You see, if I sit out in my home, if I'm in and out, I back a while ago, I said, if you want to remain anonymous in a church, I gave you four tips. Make sure you come late, leave early. Make sure you don't fellowship with people. Do not come to prayer meetings. Do not email. Do not encourage people. Do not come out to special meetings. Do not join a small group. If you want to remain anonymous and not have these people as heroes in your life, yeah, you can do it. Or don't. Get involved. Open your heart up. Open your life initiate connection points with people. Be active in doing so. Serve together in the good and the bad. And you know what? There's going to be a mess of bad times. My discovery is this. Over the years of ministry, the people that are dearest to me are those that served with me in the tough times. They're the ones that stand out. And let those times come. Let those times go. You see, Paul knows he's writing this from Gaius's house. Paul is writing this in Corinth. Corinth is about 800 miles east of uh, Rome. 
where he's writing. And he's writing a guy's house. And Paul was saying, listen, I would like to go. I would, I would love to go 800 miles, travel 800 miles, go west and visit you guys in Rome. But I'm writing this letter because the Holy Spirit has told me I'm not to go there. Not yet. I have to actually go 800 miles the opposite direction. If you go 800 miles in the opposite direction and go south a little bit, you end up in Jerusalem. And that's where Paul was headed. He wanted to go to Rome, but the Spirit told him, no, you have to go to Jerusalem. There's some financial issues going on in Jerusalem, and Paul, you need to go there. And Paul even said, Paul says, listen, when I go to Jerusalem, I know I'm probably going to cause riots because people there hate me. Why? Well, because he's befriended another ethnic group. And so people in Jerusalem don't believe in that. They hate him. He said, I'm probably going to cause a riot. They're probably going to imprison me. And I may lose my very life. Prayerfully, pray for me. I can get all the way back to Rome again one day. Well, he would, but not right away. And this is the context that we read where he writes Romans chapter 16. He would love to be with them, but he's bound in the Spirit. So this is not a list. Paul is not simply writing names for names' sake. He's not doing it because, well, you have to let them know you appreciate them. These are precious people who he has built his life around. I hope we're picking up on that. So I ask you the question this morning. Have you those people in your life? Have you those moments, maybe even just starting with those moments where you begin to reflect, you begin to walk back memory's lane. Don't live there, but walk back there. And when you do, begin to reflect on how it has impacted you, on whatever case it might be. I have for a number of years had an electronic picture frame in my office. And it rolls through hundreds of pictures every day. It goes back as far as I had pictures. And it takes me back. You will catch me at times. If you were to look in the window, you will catch me going down memories lane sometimes. I look over and I see a picture I haven't seen in decades. And some of the pictures, and, and, and I don't want to bore you, but I'm going to just take a moment here. I looked at a picture just recently. It was a picture of an old blanket my son had. And he sucked on that blanket faithfully. Oh, my goodness. And that took me back to very thankful years. I saw a picture of a card. I was reading a card. It was celebrating something in my life. And I remember the moment. I remember a painting, a painting of a door. I remember another picture of a poster. I was just mentioning it to Lori this past week, a poster. And it reminded me of a Christian group early in my faith. I'm thinking of... Uh, back to some of the college days, and I see pictures of old friends in college days. And then there was the picture of this man who served on the board in my first church when I was 21 years old. And every time it came to the year end, and they talked about the budget, and it came up, should we give the pastor an increase? And this man, I won't mention him by name, but this man felt it was his job to make sure I never, ever got a raise. So year in, year out, I stayed at $9,600 a year because he felt that if they gave me a raise, it would go to my head. Well, maybe it eventually did. I don't know. But he kept me humble. And as I see him, I remember he kept my toe to the line, this guy. Then there's the book. I remember the book. A book given to me by the wife of a man who was very successful in business. And she gave me the book because she knew I was in my first church and, and I was working my through, way through some things I had no idea about. And she gave me the book and the book was all about grace. Oh my goodness, did I need to understand God's grace? I see the picture of the book. 
And then there's the picture of the uh, bed sheets. Uh, my grandma Lucas, she made it for our wedding. And then we have the memorabilia of a quilt given to me at my Bible college grad from the women in my home church. They did it to everyone who graduated. Just proud that you graduated. Can't say we ever used it, but it was a beautiful quilt. They put it together. Precious moments figurines from an old youth worker between my first and second year of Bible college. Oh, yes, the wooden tennis racket. That racket beaten. Some of the uh, cords are off of it. Um, you would never use it today. But that racket reminded me of a colleague of mine who served in a church 20 minutes away. And every Monday during the summertime, if it wasn't raining, even if it was raining, we got together in the tennis court, we batted ball back and forth, and we talked about the two services the day before just to process with each other. The tennis racket reminds me of that. And then there's the couple. They were an elderly couple. They served in the mission field, and they came back in the mission field. And every opportunity, they just felt it was their duty to encourage Lori and I in ministry. They actually personally knitted matching sweaters for us. And then there was this lady who gave my daughter PJ, the ugliest stuffed dog out there. Sorry, Carissa. That stuffed dog, she carried around everywhere. And when I see her, I remember you gave my daughter one of the most precious gifts she ever received. And she still has it, sadly to say. So this is not a list of people. Are you tracking with me? This is personal. These people are personal. They're rooted together. Bridges have been built. Their lives are intertwined. And it's how God meant us to be, to be intertwined with one another. This group of names in the last chapter of Romans, Paul is not just saying goodbye to them. Paul, this is a mosaic memory of his life. Verse 3, Priscilla and Aquila, he said, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. They put it all on the line for me. Oh, such fond memories. Jesus would later say, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for another. Not just a list. These are names, people, relationship, life changers. Your life would not be what it is today without them. And all of us in the church should thank those people because how they impacted your life. We give thanks for the people. May we give thanks with a grateful heart to these people. Andronicus, Junius, Paul says they were saved before he was saved. Don't you thank God for those that were in the faith before you? And they were part of now your spiritual history. They modeled outstanding faith for you. He mentions Mary, verse 6. He says, Mary worked very hard for us. <laughs> you love the Marys. Oh, my goodness, the Marys. You know the Marys. They're the people that when the service is over on Sunday, they're going around. They're picking up the communion cups. They're putting the chairs and stacking them away. They're setting things up. They're checking the windows to make sure they're locked. They're checking the toilets to make sure they're flushed. They're doing all the. And when you say, hey, Mary, can I give you a hand? They say, no, no, go home to be with your family. You've worked hard. You look tired. Let me look after this. Those are Mary. You can't do life without Mary. And Paul says, Mary, he actually names her. He says, Mary worked hard for us. There's a whole story behind this, Mary. I know there is. When everyone else is gone, Marys are still there. Epinetus. He worked hard, Paul says. Paul calls him his dear friend. 
He was the first one Paul saw converted in Asia. Number one, you always remember number one. And he was the first one. And I'm sure Paul didn't sleep a wink the night he got saved. Paul would be thinking over how he plowed and he plowed and he plowed and there was no results and no results. And then finally, Epinitus, he made that decision. He kept questioning. They were back and forth, back and forth. And finally, he made the decision to follow Jesus. And then after him, the others followed quickly. Thank God for that guy. His first convert. <laughs> he worked hard. He's my dear friend. And of course, we mentioned Trophina and Trophosa, the sisters, probably sisters, maybe twins. And these girls worked hard for him. So he mentions them by name. And there's Rufus. Oh, there's my Rufus now. Rufus, verse 13. Paul says, say hello to his mom too. Because both Rufus and his mom modeled a Christian life to Paul. I don't know you know this, but I found this quite interesting. If you go to Mark chapter 15, verse 21, Rufus Scholars believe Rufus was the son of the man who carried the cross of Jesus to Golgotha. Think about that. The son of the man who carried the cross of Jesus. Wouldn't you like to sit with Rufus for a while and talk to him about his dad? Wouldn't you like to sit with Rufus's mother who would talk about the stories that she could talk? And Paul took all this in. He says, say hi to Rufus, say hi to his mom for me. These people made impact in Paul's life over and over again. As a matter of fact, Rufus's mother became like his own mother, just like his own mom. You see, Paul's own mom deserted him, but Rufus's mom took him in. I could just picture Paul, you know, having slept over at his new mom's place, and he's heading off to the synagogue to do a lecture. And he's rushing around early in the morning, and she comes out with her hair all mussed up with a bun and says, Paul, you sit back down. You haven't eaten your bagel yet. You need your strength today, just like a mother does, right? Paul says, say hi to her for me. Say hi to her for me. She looked at her. She reached out and put her arm around me and kept me going. Rufus, his mother, she's my mom. He took her to be his own. So for you and I, this morning. This might look like a list, Romans 16. But to Paul, it's anything but a list. These names are precious to Paul. Why? Because they were investments of bridges built for relationships. And it costs to do that. And they were intertwined together like a root system, connected together for eternity. As Paul rolls up the scroll and he says to Tertius, who's writing the scroll, Paul says, it's done now. Send it on to Rome. And when they roll up that scroll in that final moment, Paul's not thinking about a list of names, is he? Paul has exposed the roots of how all these people connected together, doing life. So here's my closing point. What are your roots? Who are your people? And I'm going to encourage a couple of things here. Why don't you take a moment? First of all, think back for those that have been a blessing, those that have stood with you, those that have journeyed with you, those that intersected your life. Take a moment and give thanks. If they're still around, why don't you look them up? Just find out how they're doing. Maybe. As we go through this, maybe we just need to develop more roots. 
Maybe we need to develop more relationships. Maybe what the issue today is, is God help me to do better in relationships. And it starts with you and God will help you. We need to develop and build bridges, not the barriers. And so we're going to look on Wednesday night. We're going to deal with some of the barriers. Paul Paul talks about the barriers in 1 Corinthians 9. But let's today start with, first of all, who can I give thanks for? Not just a list for you and I. These are precious people in our lives. But then how can we go forward building more relationships and nurture those relationships? Again, our topic is building bridges through relationships. We've got to do it. We got to do it. And it starts with me. It starts with you. So in closing, let's make that our objective. And I'm just going to close in prayer here in just a moment. And then we're going to go, at, we're going to celebrate communion together. And if I can maybe, uh, I'm, we're going to celebrate. So we're just getting some communion together here. And after communion, we're going to go to breakout groups. And in the breakout groups, I am going to, we're going to have, thank you. We're going to have a question in the group. And the question is going to be basically this. Who in your life are one of those people who've impacted you in your faith? How did they impact you? That's kind of the question. And so uh, Pastor Trish is going to have a group. I'm going to have a group, Lori and myself. Uh, Pastor Brett's going to have a group. And they're going to start off maybe sharing one person in their life that maybe has impacted them. And then we're going to open it up to those groups wouldn't you let's just like to hear maybe two or three people just share somebody who impacted them, who is on their heroes list, and they wouldn't be who they are if it weren't for that person. Maybe somebody outside of our mom and dad. Pick somebody who maybe isn't the natural pick. Somebody maybe we don't know about, but they deeply impacted your life. And so we're going to do that in just a moment. Father, I thank you that, God, you've placed us into a beautiful family. And, Lord, I'm aware that maybe somebody is watching right now, listening right now, And they don't identify to that family. Maybe they've never committed themselves to a family of God. They have their biological family, but they've never really thought much about being a part of a family that is a faith family, that in Christ Jesus, they're centered in the Lord. Lord, Lord, I pray for anyone watching today, anyone listening today, oh Lord, if we have not connected our lives, first of all, to Jesus Christ as our Lord, our Savior, our Master, that we would just pray that prayer, asking you to forgive us, and that, Lord, we, we ask you to forgive us and wash our, the sins from us, and that, Lord, our lives be dedicated to you, that you are our Lord, you are our Christ, and then commit ourselves to your family, just like Paul talked of. Thank you for those people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.